0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. This episode of
1: Mamma Mia Out Loud is brought to you by Disney and Pixar's Soul, now streaming on Disney Plus. Mamma Mia Out Loud. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. I'm Holly Wainwright. I'm Mia Friedman. And I'm Jessie Stevens. And this is the latest of our little bonus episodes dropping over the summer. We hope that 2021 is treating you well. We're here. We made it. On the show today, we are recommending some summer reads. So some of the best books that we read in 2020 and things we think you will love over your holidays. It's a time of year when some of us are lying around a little bit more and can take a breath. And read something great. Just like with the episode with our TV shows, we're going to go around and recommend a couple of great books. Mia Friedman, you go first.
2: I'm going to start with a confession and that is that I've found it really, really, really hard to read this year. Harder than Mm. I've ever found it to read. I feel like it's probably a combination of my attention span getting shorter and shorter because of devices and addiction to those. Uh, And also just everything's felt so frenetic in 2020 that it's been really difficult to just focus,
1: and you're a voracious reader. Yeah,
2: I am. But anyway, this year's been hard, so I wanted to shout out to the books that held my really held my attention. The first one is The Good Sister by Sally Hepworth, who is a friend of the pod. But I'm not just saying her book because of that. Sally is one of Australia's most successful fiction authors. She writes about families, family dramas, and this one I just loved. It's about twin sisters and one of them is Neuroatypical. It's a really interesting story. It touches on themes of uh, obviously sisterhood but infertility and you know it's just it's really really interesting I loved it she's always very plot driven
1: yeah there are Sally's lots of novels twists and turns. there's lots
2: of twists she's very skillful at surprising you and delighting you with the way her, not just her characters but the way the plot goes so uh the Good sister by Sally Hepworth and the best thing I love I discovered her on her about 6th book or something I don't know she's written 100 books but it's lovely when you can then go back and read a whole lot of other yeah, books so she's, she's got so many book. great books like The Mother-in-Law and uh, The Family Next Door and Secrets of Midwives but The Good Sister is my reco. one of the books
1: I love the most this year I think the two I'm recommending are quite different but they're both by women because obviously women write the best books <laughs> I'm just going to say it. It's Rodham by Curtis oh, Sittenfeld. Yes, hard
2: agree on that.
1: So Mia interviewed Curtis Sittenfeld this year for No Filter and I was a bit jealous because Curtis Sittenfeld is one of my favourite writers. She's American. Mm. God, she's written so many great things. She's. What's your favourite one? That one that you – oh, I love all of them.
2: She's written Prep. I'm reading American Wife, Wife at the moment. Another one of my favourites this year was her – collections of short stories. I usually hate short stories, but she's written a little slim volume called Help Yourself this year as well. I loved – she wrote one of those.
1: There was a, a period a couple of years ago where lots of high-profile writers were reimagining Shakespeare stories. Oh, and eligible, did, I think Yeah, it was eligible. Called. It was so Jane Austen. Good. Yeah, Jane Austen. That's right, not, not Shakespeare. Pride and Prejudice. Classics, yes. They were reimagining classics in the modern age, and Curtis Sittenfeld took Pride and Prejudice and reimagined it in the age of dating TV shows. She's just a bloody great writer mm. and so brave. I know that word is like eye roll, but I can't think of many things braver than taking the life of Hillary Rodham Clinton, one of the most famous women in the world, and then going, you know what, I'm going to rewrite this as if the plot changed. And instead of marrying Bill Clinton, who she fell madly in love with at university, they just had a passionate affair for a few years. She realised he was always going to be a pants man, as we used to call them, Mm. and decided not to marry him. What would Hillary Rodham's life have looked like? And that's the premise for this novel, which is a big, fat, Tome of a book that you just think the bravery of that. Yeah. Like as a writer, you'd just be like, oh my God. But it's great. I think Hillary's been a bit of an obsession for me this year, which is strange because I'm like four years too late. (laughs) Mm. But it's so brilliant in sort of painting this picture of this very, very clever gutsy young woman and Mm. this beautiful relationship but then it doesn't happen and her life takes a different twist and I just loved it and I've given it to a few friends and they've all at first gone like oh really like it's a big fat book and it's about Hillary Clinton I'm like no read it and every one of them has said how much they loved it so if you want something with a bit of heft but that's a lot of fun to read Mm. Rodham is my pick.
0: Mine is a book that I had never heard of until about three weeks ago when Tamara, who we work with, she lent it to me and she said, you need to read this. I couldn't put it down. It's called Three Hours and it is by an author called Rosamond Lupton and it begins with basically you are in the midst of a school shooting in the UK and so a teacher's been shot, that's on the first page, And what happens over the next two, three hundred pages is you're working out who are the shooters, why are they there, what's their motive, what's their background, but basically it all takes place, you're in the three hours the entire Mm. time. For anyone who has not been able to read this year, and I had a terrible spell where everything I picked up, I don't know if it was bad or if it was my head, but I just couldn't. I hate abandoning books and I abandoned a few in a row. I think when I'm really stressed, I can't read. So it's often a
1: signal to me that I'm stressed. Yeah,
0: and I needed this to give me some pace and some thrill, and it, it's just outstanding. It, it's the type of book that, you know, you sit down and read in one sitting, which is what we all need to get us back into reading. So Three Hours It's called. It came out last year. It's brilliant.
2: My next reco is also a British author who moved to Australia, and this is her third novel, it's called "I Give My Marriage a Year." The author's name is Holly Wainwright, Hello. and <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, you, this is not a sponsored read. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, whenever Holly writes her books, she has lots of readers as she goes, like people who look at it as it goes. And I'm not one of them. Mm. And I love that I don't know anything about it until it arrives because. Sometimes when you know the person who's written a book, it can be quite awkward when you're reading it and you're going, "Oh my god, I don't know if this is any good." But I wait to get the proper first bound copy, and I know this was a different book for Holly. I know it was a different; it was a level up. I mean, her other books I absolutely loved, but this she tried to do something different. I shouldn't speak for you, whole, but no, it's
1: true. That's all true, true. you know.
2: And it looks at a marriage and. You and I are both in our 40s. I'm one of the only ones among my friendship group who's still married. Mm. I know a lot of your friends have also gone through marriage breakups this year. It is the stuff of our life right now. And the way you were able to capture the female point of view, the male point of view, it was so plot driven. The, the way you just captured that feeling of not knowing whether to stay or go and you know, I've certainly been there. I imagine you've been there. I've said that to myself. I give this marriage a year. Like it's just such a powerful phrase. And uh, yeah, I just I, I couldn't put it down. I absolutely loved it. Oh, I give my marriage you, a year Mia. by Holly Wainwright.
1: That's so lovely. Beautiful you? cover. One of
2: my favourite covers of the year mm, too.
1: I agree. Oh, thank you. Well, yes, everybody. It's a great beach read. <laughs>
2: I and uh, like I should say thing, it's <laughs> on about its 10th or 12th reprint. It's not just me who loved it. No, it is a bestseller. No, no. It is an absolute cracker of a book and it's been one of the big books of the year.
0: Can yeah. people look forward to another, like, what's the deal, Holly? Have you got there another idea is in another the works? The there, there
1: is another book being written but uh, oh. too soon to say too anything small. about it. One of the lovely things about this year has been the reaction to this book. Lots of people message me all the time saying it's made me look at my marriage differently yeah. or this is like my life or this is like my... So it's, it's been amazing but thank you so much because all of you lot have helped it be a big success so thank you. We'll be back
2: in a moment but first a message from our sponsors. School holidays. We are in the thick of them and there is still a long way to go. Lucky for us, Disney and Pixar's Soul is now streaming on Disney+
0: is the latest feel-good film from Disney and Pixar and one that kids and adults will love. Ever wonder where your passion, your dreams and your interests come from? What makes you, you? Disney and Pixar's soul takes you to the streets of New York
1: where Joe Gardner, a high school band teacher, embarks on an inspiring journey of fulfilling his lifelong passion and learning to appreciate the little things in life. With an all-star cast featuring the voices of Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey, this feel-good animation is the perfect holiday movie and you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home.
0: Disney and Pixar's Soul is now streaming on Disney+. Subscribe at DisneyPlus.com. Subscription required. Conditions apply.
1: One of the books that I can't stop thinking about, which is often my test for a book, is, you know, some books you just want to race through and you're very pleased that you did, but then you never think about them again. But a book that's really stuck with me this year is by Sophie Hardcastle. Now, Sophie's an out louder, I think, so she might be listening. So (laughs) I hope I don't get anything wrong, Sophie, but her book Below Deck is a novel that is quite dark in places, but just the most beautiful, powerful book. So Sophie's a young writer who lives in Sydney. She's written this book about a young woman who goes on uh, an adventure, I guess you'd call it. She falls in love with sailing through various circumstances in her life. She falls in love with the ocean and with sailing and she's traveling and she's, you know, running away from difficult family issues and, and well, running away might be putting it strongly, but she's, she's taking a different path in life and she finds herself crewing on a small boat with an all-male crew and something happens. I'm not going to go into spoilers, but something happens that then obviously changes the course of her life, her relationship with the sea, her relationship with herself, her relationship with men. And it's just the most beautifully Mm. written book. And one of the reasons that I can't stop thinking about it and I messaged Sophie when I finished the last page and I don't know her but I messaged mm. her on Instagram which is I like, I just messaged her to say, I've just finished your book and which is just the loveliest. Wanting to do that means yeah. something, right? Should
2: people do that to authors if they can find them on Instagram? You know Instagram? what, they
1: really should because I can't tell you, you know, writing a book is a very lonely experience and it goes out into the world and if you're lucky and you've got some promotion around it, there'll be a bit of hoo-ha for a while, a little bit of, oh, here it is in popping up on social media and then it all goes quiet, right? Yeah. And that's fine because people, the next book's coming up that needs to be promoted and whatever and other authors need to be celebrated, but you're kind of like, that book's still a big part of you. Yeah. So when I get a DM... Or a message on in any form that sort of says, "I read that book and I loved it," or "This said this to me," or whatever. It's an enormous Mm. compliment, and it makes you feel like it was worthwhile. All those hours, all those days all those Mm. weeks months and so I did message Sophie when I finished it to say that the end of it the last page of it and I'm not obviously going to spoil anything about it but I think about it all the time it makes me think about my daughter and what I want for her when she goes off into the world to have her own adventures it's just beautifully written and Sophie is going to be she already is like a a celebrated writer but she is going to be a big deal She's yeah. amazing. That's probably... We all
2: love that
0: book. ...up there with the most beautiful writing I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, mm. Infuriatingly beautiful, some would say. Mm. And she's actually done, in our Mum Out Louders group, she's done a bit of a masterclass on how to write. I know a lot of Out Louders are talking over the holiday period about wanting to write. I've mm. seen someone say, you know, everyone has a novel in them, maybe this is my year. Listen to Sophie. She's got incredible pointers. She's so clever and it's a great place to start. There's some great resources in that group.
1: Below Deck, it's called.
2: Because we have the power to build a better future.
0: Jesse, mine is also quite dark, which probably indicates where we were all at mentally this year. My dark Vanessa, uh, oh, which you came loved out this, didn't you? Were obsessed this with this. Holy crap! What was good? Again, it, it was one of those books. I read it and I went, oh, I don't know how a human being puts together a book like this. And then I got to the end and read that it took her like eleven years. What's and I was it about? Like, oh. So, you know, what it reminded me of was, you know, in Three Women, is her name Maggie, the one that has a relationship with the teacher? Yeah.
2: it is Because that was – I mean, they're all real stories. But yes. But, yes, that was her real name. So
0: it, it was sort of in the vein of that. It was about a young girl who is at school and is a particular, you know, type of girl who maybe doesn't feel like she fits in. And then she's got this teacher and you watch these little, tiny, subtle behaviours towards her and then her responses to them – and you, it is all about the grayness of consent and the fact that that, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but what becomes of that relationship mm. and how complicated it is. It is so well done. I've not heard anyone say they didn't like this book. Really, really good. And it's called My Dark Vanessa.
2: I've got an antidote to your darkness, darkness all of you. And that is one of the biggest books of the year by Julia Baird called yes. Phosphorescence. It's that
0: book has apparently sold
2: in more than 100,000 copies. Yes, yes. One of the best-selling books of the so, year. So just so you understand, if a book in Australia sells 5,000 copies, it's considered a bestseller. This book has sold well over 100,000 copies. Wow. And it was the book that we didn't know that we needed. Julia Bed didn't know the
0: world was going to go to shit when she wrote it. No, like that was a really lucky moment.
2: So, what phosphorescence is? If you're not familiar with it, it's this amazing like blue light that sometimes there is in waves in at dusk or at night, and it's quite mysterious and it's very very beautiful if you've ever seen it. And Jules, who is a very different of mine, has been going through cancer for the last few years. And during some of those really dark times, she writes about looking for the light and all the things that she found joy in, not just when she's been sick, but throughout her life. And She'd obviously been writing this book for a while. She didn't know that 2020 was going to be what it was. And so many people have said to me how much joy and comfort and uplifting of their spirits they've got from this book. It's just beautiful. And when I say beautiful, I don't mean it's particularly literary because sometimes when someone says it's a beautiful book, I think, oh, is it going to be all poetic because that's not my bag. It's not. She's just a fantastic writer and she's funny and you know she's got two kids. She's a very successful journalist. She hosts The Drum on the ABC. And yeah, Phosphorus is it's beautiful, loved, isn't it? Mm. It's much
1: loved. Mm. Remember last year when we did book reviews and I recommended a classic, a Bronte oh, yes, book yes. and you all gave me shit for it and I was like, "No, it's yeah, important. I'm still people talk about that." go back and read some classics. Anyway, I'm not going to recommend a classic, but I'm going to recommend an old book because I gifted Jessie a book this, oh, yes. this year I'm nearly finished that this. I'd rediscovered when I was digging around in my house. And I was like, oh, my. you know when sometimes you find a book and you're like, I loved that book. yeah, And it changed the way I thought about writing and it did all these things. And I was like, I'm going to give it to Jessie because I reckon she'll love it too. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. What is it? It's a it's heartbreaking really work of staggering genius.
2: Did you ever read that? I never that? read that. So, but I bought it and it was on my shelf, but I never read it.
1: It's by a man, which is a bit controversial, Dave Eggers, who's a journalist, a writer. What was it about again? So it was about, sort of about his life. At the time he was sort of a memoir. Yeah, sort of a memoir, fictionalised memoir, and he was a precocious, multi-talented wunderkind, but both his parents died of cancer within a year of each other and he was left with his young brother. Oh, my God. So he raises his young brother in San Francisco. And so that makes it sound like... Sad. Worthy and sad and it's kind of not because it's really, it's about like really he wants to be out getting laid and drinking all night oh. and whatever, but he has to be this figure to this boy and also he's just such an extraordinary writer, just one of those ridiculously talented people and he's gone on to do many amazing he things. He
0: breaks all the rules. Like it's he's so creative with the way that he writes and the introduction is like outstanding, but it, it's it got this beautiful relationship between oh, him and the little brother. I have to
2: say Untamed. I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, my God. That's a really definitive work for this year. Glennon Doyle's memoir about ending her marriage, falling in love with her now wife, Abby Wombach, and just about how we internalise so many messages around what it is to be a woman as a mother, as a daughter, as just a woman in the world. And she's written this book that's funny and clever and so many women said that it was their best read of 2020. Mm. It, It happened just as the world went into lockdown. She was meant to be going on this big book tour and um, it still stayed on top of the New York Times bestseller list for, I don't know, six months or something. Untamed, so good.
0: Quick last one yep. because I don't want to leave on a positive note. Um, <laughs> my book, I don't think I've recommended this before. Maybe I have, I don't know. It's called Darkness Visible and it's about depression. It's great. It's by a guy <laughs> named William Styron and I remembered it this year for obvious reasons, but it is about a guy. It's a tr- true story, like non-fiction. And it is the best, a lot of people say this is the best description of depression that you'll ever hear. And I just think at the moment it's particularly pertinent. Mm. It, it just dives into this particular experience and then you watch him come back out. And That bit sounds good. Yeah, it's really, it's mm. really, really really good. Very much recommend it.
1: That is all we have time for. All of the books that we just talked about we will put in the show notes. So if you think, what was that one again? They'll be there. As Jesse very helpfully explained to everybody this year at some point, You can find the show notes by just scrolling up on whatever you're listening to this on. Just keep scrolling and you'll see the show notes there and the links to all of the books we've just discussed. We hope you're having a very happy new year, maybe 2021. We're recording this a little bit early. Maybe 2021 really is the promised land we've all been hoping that
0: it is. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, in December 2021... You bitches better be recommending my book. Oh, hells yes. It's going to be a big year. So awkward when I give it to you and you hate it and you're like, oh, no. That's never going to happen, Jesse Stevens.
1: Thank you for listening to this special episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. This episode was produced by Emma Gillespie. The executive producer of Mamma Mia Out Loud is Eliza Ratliff and we'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. This episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud was brought to you by Disney and Pixar's Soul, now streaming on Disney+.